Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love. Now here's your host, Ari Mizell. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I am your host, Ari Mizell, and I have the extreme pleasure of having a friend, mentor, coach, and just visionary in terms of entrepreneurial coaching on the show with me again. So Dan Sullivan, please say hello. Thank you, Ari. A real pleasure. Thank you for having me, taking the time rather. Yes, and actually just having me on your podcast as well. So we are in the midst of doing a big project or several projects right now through Less Doing that have to do with impact filters. So unlike your audience, my audience probably is not as familiar with what the impact filter is. So can you talk a little about what it is and how it came about? And also personally, I was curious, is it one of the first sort of worksheets that you came up with in Coach? Yeah. So just a little background. I started one-on-one coaching in 1974. So this is my 44th year and did that for 15 years and then started. I had enough confidence and I had enough knowledge about the 80% that was true of all entrepreneurs, regardless of the specialties. So in 1989, my partner and I, Bab Smith, lifetime partner, wife, soulmate, no Babs, no coach sort of thing. We created a company where we could do this in workshop form. And Ari, you're familiar with Coach, but for those who have not been there, it's a once a quarter, one day per quarter, you come and are in a group of entrepreneurs and we have income criteria. So individuals have to be making at least $100,000 personally per year. And then we have 500,000. And then we have a whole group of people who are clearly over a million dollars in personal income. And what we're trying to do is with every entrepreneur, we have 60 different industries. They come from about 25 different countries. We're trying to take the entrepreneur and just simplify them back to what they love doing and what they're really great at, okay, and to stop their habits, which get them involved in activities and in projects, which they are no good at. And as a matter of fact, they're actually a bother to other people when they're involved and to actually free themselves up to take on much bigger opportunities in the future and constantly grow and never retire. Absolutely. (laughs) Because entrepreneurs, by their very nature, don't have to retire. There's no mandatory. But they do have to retire if they get really bored and bogged down with things they're not good at. And they interfere with their businesses and teams. And they get all worn out. And along the way, I should say this because I'd like to segue into less doing here, is that I'm constantly looking for resources and capabilities outside of Strategic Coach that we can, with just a very simple email, we can plug that individual in. And when I heard about you, I heard about you through Joe Polish at Genius Network, saw you give a presentation and everything else. I said, boy, in the future, if we can ever establish a collaborative partnership with just in the sense that our people could access your abilities, I said that would be a huge, huge new capability that we could provide to all of our people. And we've tested this for a year. And uh, I think it's all systems go as far as our collaboration. Well, thank you very much for that. So the impact filter, how did that come about? So all of our program is based on what I call thinking processes. And my central belief is that 
why entrepreneurs get bogged down in details and things that don't work for them is that they don't do enough thinking ahead of time of exactly what they want such that someone else receiving a written document from them would just totally get not only the content of what is needed, but the context. In other words, not only the what, the how, the when, but especially the why. What does this mean to the entrepreneur? And we train people on this. And we say, if you only mastered one skill for the rest of your life, and you mastered the impact filter over a period of years, you would go 10 times just because of your mastery of this one tool. I think you've actually, Ari, you're a master of delegation. You're a master of accessing. You were impressed with the impact filter. Oh, yeah, because I always say that most of the time when people get a bad result outsourcing or delegating, it's because they didn't communicate what they wanted properly. And to me, this was like such a great tool for it. And also, just as a quick aside to that, I found a long time ago that when I was building out very complex processes, you would find that there would still be mistakes that would happen when someone new did it because they might misname something or they might do something that was very procedural. And what I mean by that is like you told them exactly what to do, but it might have gotten lost in details. So putting a form, and in this case, it would be digital, a digital form in the process at certain places seemed like an inefficiency because you're adding a step, but it would force them to put the information in only the way that you wanted it to be coming out the other end. So to me, the impact filter was that for the entrepreneurial brain. And, you know, just an insight, delegation is like technology. If you're clear and simple at the beginning, the technology will magnify that. And if you're really vague and confused at the beginning, the technology will magnify that. And delegation does the same thing. You give vague and imprecise and conflicting and confusing directions to someone, you will magnify it through them and other people. So essentially, you know, if you do it really thoroughly, it's anywhere from 20 minutes to a half hour where you get to put your thinking on paper and then ask yourself, if someone is receiving this, do they get it in one minute of reading? Do they get the whole thing in one minute? And I'm constantly trying for that type of impact. So just a little tip on how I run my life. You can't have a meeting with me in my company unless 24 hours before the meeting, you've sent me an impact builder, a half hour of your thinking about what use you want me to play in whatever it is that you're thinking about. First of all, tell me what you're thinking about and then tell me what is it that you want me to contribute to what you're doing. And 80% of the cases, hands down, 80% of the cases in spending the half hour thinking through, they don't need the meeting with me. Yeah. And I mean, I can think of 15 different answers, but what do you say when somebody says, I don't have time to do that? Yeah. If you don't have time to spend a half hour on an idea you're intensely committed to, I don't have 10 minutes to meet with you because you're not committed. I said, if it's not worth a half hour to you, it's not worth 10 minutes of my time to meet with you. And by the same token, I don't ask anyone else to meet with me unless they've received an impact filter. Yeah, it's really good because, again, people are very bad at expressing or conveying what they see as the end goal, right, yeah. in this. It's amazing because, and just I know from dealing with the people that I deal with in my world, that you tell them you're going to have to stop for 20 to 30 minutes to, to work on this before we can really have a conversation. It would shut a lot of people down. And that is honestly probably a good litmus test, as you said, if they're not that oh, committed yeah. to it. Yeah. 
Well, the whole point is, I used to have this thing that was called the Jose Canseco syndrome. This is back in the 80s when Jose Canseco was a big home run hitter. And he got one of the biggest contracts at the time, $27 million for six years. And I, I would say to audiences, what exactly is he being paid for with the $27 million? And, you know, the answer comes back, well, he's a big home run hitter. And if you have a big home run hitter in a baseball game, it'll get you an extra 5,000 fans. Add up 5,000 times tickets and then the television rights and everything like that. So I said, here's Jose Canseco's year. I said, he goes to bat around 500 times. Each time he goes to bat, it's probably about five pitches on average that he would receive. So we're talking about 2,500 pitches. Each pitch is about a second from the pitcher's hand to home plate. So he's getting paid for what he does with 2,500 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I said, and if in 40 of those 2,500 seconds, he does what he's paid to do, namely hits a home run, he's worth his four or five million dollars per year. I said, the rest of it's just stuff. So I said, if you thought about 30 projects this year, you know, situations, projects could be sales situations, and you said, I'm going to spend a half hour before each one of those situations. So in the next year, 30 times 30 minutes, it's going to be 15 hours out of my next 365 days. If I spend 15 hours actually setting my mind up, I'll double my income. Would you put in the 15 hours? It's a very good way to put it. And the rest of your year is just stuff. I mean, you <laughs> might as well have gone home. You might as well have gone to a movie because it was just the proper thinking at the right time in the right situation directed to the right people to achieve the right result. Every entrepreneur entrepreneur, their year consists of home runs, okay? And they might take up a month of their actual year. The rest of it is just getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready. Just the Cracker Jacks. Yeah, just the Cracker Jacks, yeah. Yeah, so that's my basic philosophy, and I'm incredibly better at it, okay? I'll just tell you how this actually comes out. On Monday, I had a workshop whose total revenues we're equal to our first three years in business. Just one day, well, it's actually four days for the year, but four days of my year was worth our total revenues from the first four. And more and more, I'm noticing these huge jumps, but it's a result of 20, 25 years of just me simplifying, 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 and just be the person who lines up great results in the future and then informs the team who can help me with that. So that's my basic philosophy. And when you came into my life, it was like, what a solution this is for me. Because if I can just make the right connection between my people and strategic coach and less doing and do it in the proper form, which is the impact filter, then we're off and running. And I don't have to know anything because I know everything good is going to happen. Well, yeah. And so the impact filter really is the glue in that case. And again, I'm very mm -hmm. honored to have this opportunity to do this stuff with you. And the results are speaking for themselves, which is great. And one of the things that it got me thinking about, too, is I don't know if you're familiar with the RACI model, R-A-C-I. Mm -hmm. So RACI stands for Responsible, Accountable, Consulted, and Informed. So essentially, in any project, you'll have the person who's ultimately the owner. You'll have the person who's accountable. They're the one that has to like approve it. And these could be the same people in some cases. Yep. You have the person who's consulted. So their knowledge is crucial to get it finished. And then you have the informed who mm -hmm. you let them know what happened, but they're not really involved in the process. So I think about things that way sometimes. And the impact filter sort of helps clarify that as well, because you get a better sense of who's going to do what. And to that point, you often talk about that, how it's not about the how, but the who. 
Kind of the magic of entrepreneurism. I mean, if you think of yourself at 20 years old, so that's 15 years ago, I was at a lower stage of growth in Strategic Coach 15 years ago. So I think about how entrepreneurs with great skills link up with each other. Ours is a really good example. Like the moment I heard you, I mean, I says, bingo. The moment when you were talking about that, I had been looking for you for a long time. And then when you showed up, you know, it was like Peter Diamandis. I've been pondering technology. Those of you who know Peter Diamandis, he's created Abundance 360, Singularity University, the XPRIZE, lots of really great cutting edge technological companies. And in the early 90s, 1970s, I read a New York Times article 40 times that was on this new little innovation called a microchip. Mm-hmm. And the author said, this is the innovation that's going to change every other innovation on the planet. It's going to be the most consequential, transformative innovation in human history. And I read this, and I read this, and I read this, and I read this. And I said, you know, it's kind of like the end of one Monopoly game, and all the pieces are going back in the box, and there's going to be a whole new game. And I started preparing myself for how does people think in an environment where this kind of disruptive change is going to happen. And that's the whole birth of my coaching career happened the year before I started actually coaching. I said, people are going to need people who can ask real good questions, can simplify their thinking. And then I said, you know, I would love to have a component of strategic coach that was about advanced technology, but I know nothing. I don't know the people out there. I don't have contact with the cutting edge innovators. And then Peter Diamandis writes this book, Abundance, and turns out he knows everybody in the high tech world right around the globe, but he doesn't know how to put it into a learning structure. So what we showed him from Strategic Coach, how he could take all this and turn it into a learning situations. But the moment I saw him, as funny, I saw him through Joe Polish too, I guess that's where everybody meets anybody. <laughs> and the moment he spoke, I said, bingo, I've got my collaborator. Yeah. And same thing when I saw you at Genius Network, I said, I've got my collaborator. Well, again, thank you. And so one of the things that you teach about is the self-managing company. So it sounds obvious, but what does that really look like for most people? Well, the beautiful thing about it is I can go into a crowd of 300 entrepreneurs and on a whiteboard, simply write the words self-managing company and put a circle around it. And I said, how many of you, even though you don't know what I'm going to say about this, want one of these? And (laughs) and every hand in the room goes up. And I said, of course you do. I says, because you didn't really, really start an entrepreneurial company to manage it. Right. You actually start an entrepreneurial company to multiply yourself economically in terms of being able to do what you love doing, being able to work on exciting projects. And here you are, you created it as a miracle, but it turned into a monster. Now the monster is eating you every day. And where you were trying to become an entrepreneur, so People wouldn't tell you what to do. Every day, this monster that you've created tells you what to do and restricts your time and doesn't allow you to be free when you're on free days and is really causing it. So I said, why don't we get back to the original goal of your entrepreneurial career being a miracle, you know, of growth and of rewards and everything else by going through some steps and actually taking the company you have and taking advantage of the capabilities you have, directing them properly properly. 
and make the whole thing self-managing so that you can be out creating new opportunities and not managing. Right. Well, it's kind of like the, you know, the Peter principle. Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's really that. And I think that entrepreneurs sort of self-impose that. And for those who don't know, the Peter principle basically is that people get selected for positions above them based on their performance in their current role rather than the abilities relevant to the intended role. So employees stop getting promoted when they're no longer performing effectively. So managers rise to the level of their incompetence. Well, the other aspect about that in defense of the employees, oftentimes when they're hired, they're given a good sales job by the employer. Say, this is really going to be exciting. But then when they go into the job, they find the guy that hired them isn't exciting. Yeah. Because the woman or the man who hired them is so bogged down in detail that that excitement that they felt in the original meeting isn't actually there. There's a bit of bait and switch, actually, that takes place. And my feeling is, and people often say to me, you have great people. Where can I find great people? And I said, well, first of all, you don't find them. They find you. And you've got to put out the right signals about who you are. First of all, I said, are you someone that great people would be looking for? Are you someone that great people would love working with? And I said, you're both the message and the messenger. And I said, you have to be consistent. So what I try to do is that I try absolutely not to be in control of anything in my company, but in charge of the future of the company, where the company's going. This is what we're excited about. These are new things we're doing. These are much bigger opportunities and paydays that we have and everybody's going to be able to grow within this experience. That's very exciting. So I have 130 team members in coach, and I have 75 of them who've been with me for more than 10 years. Yeah, which is amazing. I, yeah. mean, you hear, I mean, I hear people all the time that have been in it for 20 years. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm writing a book. I write a book a quarter because I have a eight person team that helps me do this. So it's about 25 hours of my time per quarter. And it's a little book. You know, it's about a 50 page actual book, but it's on a single idea. And it's got cartoons. Very interesting. But one of the books I have, Ari, and we could actually talk about this on a future podcast. It's kind of interesting because it's almost counter what you're talking about. But the title is Making People Irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I have easily a dozen individuals that I work with and have worked with for five to 10 years who are irreplaceable. Yeah. Okay. If they ever left, you wouldn't be able to find their replacement. You'd have to change your game, but you would not get that replacement. And what I've found, which is so great about this, is that I've made them irreplaceable because they're so great. But on the other hand, I'm irreplaceable in their life, too. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, when I'm talking about making people replaceable, yep. I want us to put the systems and processes in place so that they don't have to do any of the stuff that is replaceable because they are irreplaceable. And I have seven people on my team who are absolutely irreplaceable. Yeah. And you want them to be. Yeah. And all this talk about, you know, robots and artificial intelligence, I said, it's still going to be a people game. I have to tell you at the top of the pyramid, it's irreplaceable people creating with irreplaceable people. That's the top of the exactly top of the game. So the final question I always like to ask is, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? They can actually do this very quickly for themselves. And I'll give you first just a general one to recognize that you became an entrepreneur for freedom. 
Okay, you want creative freedom. And there's four kinds of freedom. I'll do this quite quickly. There's freedom of time. You have to have freedom of time first because freedom of time allows you to have more money and then you have freedom of money. And freedom of time and freedom of money allow you to have freedom of relationship. After a while, you can be very choosy about who you work with in your team and who you have as clients and customers. And then those first three freedoms, time, money, and relationship, actually allow you to have freedom of purpose so that your entrepreneurial life is entirely about your own purpose. So that's the first thing. But here's two quick exercises, Ari. The first one is just take a piece of paper divided into three columns and at the top of each column, write a word. The first column is irritating. Second column is okay. Third column is fascinating and motivating. Go through all the activities that you did for the past quarter and list them in one of the three columns. So you'll end up with some activities that you find irritated, activities you find okay, and activities. The whole name of the game is quarter by quarter, eliminate all the irritating activities, eliminate all the okay activities by actually going to lessdoing.com so that they can do these (laughs) things for you so that more and more within a year or two years, all your time is spent in activities that you find fascinating and motivating. And then the other thing is from your history. So that's, I had my freedom model first. I had your activity model. And then the third model has to do with your clients and customers. And all you do is you have two columns and you have best and worst. And you put down the names of the five best clients or customers you've ever had. And in the other column, you put down the worst five you've ever had and just have a separation and then say, what are the mindsets that make the five best the best? What mindsets am I looking for? And you'll very quickly find out that there's a discrete number of mindsets that if the person has these mindsets, for example, they really want to learn from someone who knows something, okay? They follow through what they say they're going to do, okay? They appreciate the added benefits that you bring. And you'll go through and you'll notice that there's a set of mindsets that you just click if the other person has it. And another person who can write you a big check doesn't have any of these mindsets. And it doesn't matter how big the check is, you're going to find it a negative experience. Yeah. Okay. So if you remember that everything's about freedom, the way you get free is just to do activities that are fascinating and motivating and only do those activities with people who have the right mindset, you'll end up doing a lot less things. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, thank you. Those are not surprisingly very, very good pieces of advice. So where should people go to find out more about Coach and possibly join the signature program? Yeah, strategicoach.com. We have a terrific website. It has a lot of bells and whistles to it. There's knowledge products there. There's instructional videos and everything else. You know, you have to be an entrepreneur. We don't coach anybody except entrepreneurs. And you have to be an experienced entrepreneur. It can't be just starting off out in entrepreneurial life. And we prefer people to have about three years experience. You're making over $100,000 personally, and you're more than three years. If you get through three New York winters and you're making $100,000, you're probably going to be a lifetime entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good limit test. Or Toronto or Chicago or whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much for your time. That was great. My pleasure. Yeah, this was really great. And many, many chats in the future, Ari. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you'd like to get more done in less time, join our exclusive community of entrepreneurs and visionaries, the Less Doing Labs. It's free and just for you. Go to lessdoinglabs.com slash more done.